Live! Yeah! Live. yeah. <laughs> Don't press the buttons. Oh, sorry, I am sorry. the button. <laughs> you screwed, look, you screwed the whole thing up. Don't press anything. Now I know why I never touched that. <laughs> Live from a Qantas-flavored cheese doodle, it's the ESG Industries' only weekly woke data podcast featuring analyst whole Matt Muscardi. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> Uh, we have to talk about Qantas again. Uh, in today's bedazzled ESG necktie called September 27th, 2023, random ESG headlines, an anti-woke roundup from your favorite analyst hole, and a word from uh, the great Paul Hodgson from Eskage. Wow. And why is Paul Hodgson giving us a word again? Because <laughs> because our show today is being sponsored by Sgage, your ESG data solutions provider. Although yeah, that's right. I think it was in the contract that I can't speak that quickly when I say the sponsorship. So you have to say it very slowly. <laughs> Sorry, is that, is that contractual? Paul will be stopping by later to talk about gender pay equity. That sounds good. Gender oh, pay well, equity is that is that a thing? That sounds that like real? the beginning of a joke. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not feeling it today. I don't know about you. I'm just. Uh, I'm out on today. Yeah, don't say that. Don't don't tell the audience that. I mean, let's get excited. Here yeah. we go. <laughs> this first story I'm only including because I basically made this prediction, and I just want to point out that I, how smart I am is that we've been pointing out the craziness. Uh, the new CEO at Qantas, Vanessa Hudson, apologizing for the misdeeds of the departing CEO, Alan Joyce. That's and, I, true. and I was suggesting that soon they're going to basically rake her through the coals for this apology. And this headline, latest headline, new Qantas CEO Hudson grilled by lawmakers over raft of scandals. Vanessa Hudson was grilled, rebuked, and chided by a oh, parliamentary inquiry, on. right? <laughs> I knew it was coming. I, I knew they were going to rip into her for, for nothing that she been did. been CEO for eight minutes. And, and as we discussed, yes. and I think we discussed this either Friday or last, last week, she makes about half of what the prior CEO made. The contract that she got, like what is, what is the upside for her? She's a, I know well, she's a Qantas lifer. Right? CEO role. It's like it's like it's, becoming the manager of a really crappy baseball team. Sometimes you just got to do it. Does she ever get to go anywhere and proudly say that she was the CEO of something? She got a big. Does she, she's got a big turnaround project. Look, she's either a hero or she just continues to be uh, a glass cliffy woman, right? I mean, I, but but like she gets like she has to prove herself again. This is another one of those situations where like a woman needs a PhD and mm -hmm. like had needs a job for sixty years before she gets a shot to be the CEO. A shot to be a CEO at a company that is. Crapping the bed, and then, and then you're the, you the entire the country hates of a company that no one no one likes, yeah. and you then have to prove that you're good at anything because if in three years she hasn't like somehow mystically magically using unicorn powder and lucky charms managed to turn this company around from a shit show that it's been for a decade, she hasn't turned it around in like 27 seconds. Do shareholders vote her out? 
Supposedly, it's even worse, too, because I'm hearing that on top of the, the, the fact that they illegally fired 1,700 workers, that they illegally marketed canceled flights, and that they, they I guess, mismanaged their return to operations after COVID. Supposedly, there's, there's even more, oh, which is good. why Alan Joyce ran to the, you know, ran up, up the hills two months early because he was supposed to step down November 3rd, but he got the hell out of there. Hey, congrats to Richard Goiter, though, for All right, let's talk about standing Richard there and doing nothing. So finally, Australians are listening to our show because we are calling out Richard Goiter vociferously. As it turns out, everyone agrees with us. Rachel Waterhouse, CEO of the Australian Shareholders Association, said in an interview that Chair Richard Goiter ought to step down by the end of the year. Rachel, and, join us on the show. And... Uh, Qantas pilots are pissed. They actually sent a, a quote-unquote damning letter calling for Chairman Richard Goiter to step down. Uh, and they also claimed that uh, the dude's tone deaf because, as I think you pointed out last week, he got uh, he took a $100,000 pay raise this he year. He did, yeah, that's yeah. correct. <laughs> there you go. That's correct. That's actually the sound of Richard Goiter right now. La- laughing to the... Oh, La- all the way to the bank. I like that. That was that was live. That was live footage of Richard Goiter <laughs> laughing. Uh, I do right. have a question though. Yeah. We need, I think we need to get our friend Rachel Allen Backus back on the show. Back on the about. show. Has she ever been on the show? Uh, she's been on the show once. Um, I don't recall. Back in the Emma days, she was on the show. So I don't recall. But we need to get her back on the show in order to talk about Qantas. what's going on. Qantas. Rachel, if you're listening. And Rachel Waterhouse, Rachel Allen Backus, either one of you, if you're call listening my, to the show. Call my executive assistant and uh, we'll set this up. You, why don't you send a um, um, a page to my burner Send phone. a damning letter to my executive <laughs> assistant and let's get, let's get you on the show. All right, moving on. Luckily, I don't have a lot today, Matt. Usually I have like 45 headlines. Well, that's okay. I think Paul's actually set up a tent outside, so he's going to be here for a while. How about this? The president that everybody hates keeps doing cool things. President Biden joins auto workers on picket line in Michigan. Matt, does this surprise you? He's the first sitting president to join a picket line? The first? It's never happened? How's this possible? Never? I mean, it does. Look, if we're... If we're a bit honest here, yeah, let's be it, a bit honest. It looks a little like like it's very politically. No, this like, dude's always the, he's always been pro union. This guy, he's always, I'm not saying he's not. I'm just yeah, saying he's Amtrak the optics, Joe. Yeah. The reason why like sitting presidents don't join picket lines is because it, it, it no like that's uh, the reason because they on. don't care. Let's be honest, they don't. They're not on the side of the workers. No, they're that's on the side true. of the CEOs. That's they do care very much because the unions can produce votes so like they okay. do care like yeah. uh, like so it's not that it. they don't, don't care it. it's just that the optics of it often don't look great although after he does this mm-hmm. apparently trump is also announced that he's going to like visit michigan and and discuss because he's unions. definitely pro worker yeah, yeah i know policies, that yeah. trump trump should settle it that should that should be <laughs> the end of it it will be fine now how about this in a story that nobody wants to talk about? Uh, there's, another, there's a few stories that nobody wants to talk about for some reason. Lena Khan, the FTC, uh, she, she brought her antitrust case against Amazon yesterday. Nobody, the, the business news doesn't care about that. They I also, don't think the business, I think actually she's undercut herself with the Microsoft Activision thing. I, I think when your first big case okay, well, is a bunch of fucking like idiot gamers yeah. like complaining that one company is going to own one idiot game and that is like 
a big deal. It's not just EU. about gaming, though. It's about C- Microsoft's on. like just overall power. No, I guess with what Call of Duty. That's the whole they have Call of Duty was... and and they have Clippy from Microsoft Word. <laughs> Um, I take it back. It's all about Clippy. J.P. Morgan Chase settles case over its ties to pedophile Jeffrey Epstein for $75 million, saying it deeply regrets any association with this man. This is like one of these weird stories that the business news hasn't really known how to cover properly. Like that. They don't really because know how to weigh in on this. it's horrible and gross. And, yeah, and they don't, I think they just don't want to, I just, they don't want to touch it, I suppose. I don't know. I Th- would say They'll tell you this. everything. They'll tell you the type of cereal that Elon Musk eats but they won't they don't want to like weigh into this one too much i will say this i don't know like that i i I totally believe it's jp morgan's job Mm -hmm. to know jeffrey epstein was a horrible horrible disgusting human being. i thought the point was that that it was known already though I, sure, but here's what like it, th- this is this is the 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 pincer move, right? Because on one hand, you've got authorities saying J.P. Morgan should have should have taken this into account and known and not dealt with J- Jeffrey Epstein, and and I think J.P. Morgan has a bunch of information that they probably didn't share and is horrible, right? Okay, yeah. and on the other side, you have the conservatives now saying if you don't give a loan to somebody who strapped themselves in grenades and said they want to blow up, you know, uh, black people, that you're discriminating against them for having weaponry, like J.P. Morgan now. They have to know every client and make a decision based on what they know, but also not discriminate against any clients for their religious beliefs or their decisions. I mean, I, it's really impossible that to think that like J.P. Morgan is going to get this all right and or all wrong. I don't. So well, here's I, the, I don't know. Here's the part that bugs I, me. Yeah. I, what bugs me is that I feel a very, very slight, like 1% sympathy for JP Morgan. And that oh, feels well, uncomfortable 1%, to me. 1% doesn't sound like a lot of sympathy. Let's be real. Uh, well, it's when you're talking about Jeffrey Epstein, it does feel like yeah. a lot. Here's the part that bugs me. JP Morgan also reached a confidential agreement with former executive Jess Staley, who was the, he was the CEO of Barclays. And I think he was the head of. He was thirty. He spent thirty-four years at J.P. Morgan. He was never CEO there, though. Right? No, was he, he wasn't CEO. CEO. No, no, but he was. No. A, I, think I think he was a CEO of one of their investment banks. Over. Yeah, but he resigned uh, amid a regulatory probe into this. Into uh, uh, I guess Epstein, what yeah. they're saying whether he mischaracterized his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. But here's what bugs me is that J.P. Morgan reached a confidential agreement with Staley to resolve the firm's <laughs> claims against him. So again, we're not privy to this information despite being a publicly traded company and one of the biggest scandals in corporate history uh we 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 don't get to know about this right i mean we're i I mean why tell us yeah look i don't um i don't like the the whole jeffrey epstein thing feels like one giant horrible graft and like uh, can we just stop but can we just stop confidential agreements at publicly created corporation can we just stop it God, wouldn't it be funny if we knew? I want to, like, I, I, I have very, over five years, I've very much come over to your side where I want to know, like, their inseam length Ooh. and, like, I want to know, like, you Yeah, know, then you're going to like our next story, Matt. I, yeah. I want to know all the things because I feel like it all becomes relevant somehow. <laughs> Matt, you're going you're gonna to love this next story then. Ready for this one? This is like yeah, the perfect guy for us. Verizon CEO. We don't actually, we never talk about Verizon CEO. It's a man named Hans Vestberg. Did you could, 
Could you even I have already, named yeah, I'm him? I'm already out on him. Yeah. <laughs> this is like this is the best ESG data ever. I, I will say I, I hope we get access him. to this. I will yeah. say I could have named him because they screwed up my wife's phone for okay. like uh, you know uh, anyway. Well, I hope we can get access to this data. I hope this becomes. Uh, uh, I hope that the SEC pushes for this data for all CEOs of publicly traded companies. CEO at Verizon, Hans Vesper, has been tracking his mood out of one to ten in a spreadsheet every day since two thousand nine. Whoa! <laughs> I want this information. I want this is like the good game. This is like the CEO good game. Yeah, what? What is? It? Why is it? Well, uh, that feels very material. <laughs> I'm the sorry. Yes, the takeaway here is that if he gives himself less than a three, he decides to work alone that day. I'm sorry, you, you can't, what, wait, Yeah. Wait, if you're like a bricklayer and you're feeling less yes. than a three, yes. which would probably be every other yeah. day. Well, because, it's every morning because you're hungover probably every morning. Because yeah. it's, it just feels horrible to spend all day like crouched over laying brick. You can't just work alone. I here's, like that's, that's here's such the scoring. a- Here's the scoring system, ready? Yeah. One to wait, two. Is this, yeah. is this all verified? He this said is, all this? This is per CNBC. Okay. If you trust CNBC, which I I do, because Where, did they get it direct from him? Is this like what he did? He share the spreadsheet? Yeah. Well, I don't know if they sp shared the spreadsheet, but he scored. He shared the scoring method. I, I, and I get. It. I, I think shareholders should shareholders should know how many days out of the year he's a one or a two, shouldn't they? Here's the methodology. Ready? <laughs> yeah. I, I, there's a methodology. Just makes me happy. Uh, one to two means that he was not in the right headspace to work with other people and should stay in his office and work alone. That okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> what does that mean? Like he's he's either like mopey and crying like a, like an emo rock star or he's angry and he's going to yell at everyone. What do you well, think that no, means? Well, no, it's just it, like it, it says it's tracking his mood. So it could be any mood and it the dar mopey dark. Mopey or anger. The, yeah, it's mangry. Three to seven uh, is, I guess, is the ideal score, and usually when he's his, at his best because he's energized and productive. So already, I, I don't understand this CEO. So he three to seven is his ideal score. Look, I think this is look. <laughs> this is this is this is epic. Is yeah. what this is because. Uh, right now, <laughs> we're constantly talking about how, like, um, you know, ESG scores don't mean anything. Yeah. And this guy's taking a score, like, of himself yes. every day with an arbitrary methodology that is actually incredibly useful. And to it all has the, meaning. And to all the prospective clients who are angry at us for attempting to rate individual people at companies like directors and CEOs, they're doing it to themselves. So yeah, get over correct. it. <laughs> get <laughs> over it. And finally, the score between 8 to 10 means that he quote has so much energy that people get tired of me. <laughs> oh, so look, I, he's playing the outlier <laughs> game. He's I think he's a little saying, this guy's well, a little bipolar, no? He's no, little, he's saying that uh, whenever you're feeling an outlier. That's true. That's true. Bad. I get it. It could that's be true. bad. I respect yeah, that. I like that. All right, so I have two questions related to Hans Vesberg. Okay. What do you think his mood was on the day uh, this May? When he when he realized that thirty percent of shareholders told him that he should not be both CEO and chair, thirty percent of shareholders voted against him and said that he should separate the roles of CEO and chair. How, what do you think his mood was that day? No, I think you need to flip it. I think he, yeah. if he was a nine, he would have said seventy percent do want me yeah. here. <laughs> That's right. That's the correct answer. <laughs> or what do you think his mood was on the day that he, when he realized that he gets paid three hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year? to sit on BlackRock's board 
despite the fact that he doesn't really have to be there in the first place, Matt, there are 15 other directors, yeah, and and we, including the founder, chair, and CEO, Larry Fink, and we calculated his total influence on that board to be 0.8%. <laughs> yeah, well... So how happy... What do you think how his mood was when he realized that he's getting $350,000 for doing nothing? That would make me a, a <laughs> solid nine. I no, would be insufferable. I think you're wrong because I think he'd be... Since three to seven is where he's at his best, I think he'd be in that range. I think he'd be like a oh, six. No, no, no. I think he'd be insufferable. <laughs> I think he'd be like running around high-fiving people. All right, Hans, if you're listening, uh, reach out. We want you on the show. To I want all that data, Hans. Join us. I would like talking about that would yeah. make my life better. It uh, would make me a seven. Finally, to bring your mood back down. Speaking of rating things, what do you think about these two 2030 headlines? I think 2030 might be the new 2050, Matt. Oh, so, I have seen a lot of 2030. This is true. Let's play a mini good game with these 2030 headlines. Okay. Nissan says it will go all electric by 2030, despite uh, this uh, this ban, this, this petrol ban delay going on in the UK, where they're saying that they're postponing its 2030 ban on the sale of new petrol cars to 2035. And by petrol, I mean gas. Oh. Okay, this sounds nice. What do you think? You know, well, here's what I like about yeah. 2030. The average board member sits on the board for seven years, which yeah. means the newest board member on oh, the Nissan board is still going to have to be there, right? Yeah. Like, won't they have to be there? I got to say, I, I like this. 2030 I, I, seems like a reasonable goal to me. That does seem like a reasonable goal. Like, good, good for someone having, like, seven years is better than 27, which is where everyone else is setting their goals. At the same time, France has announced its plan to cut emissions 55% by 2030. Does that sound do you like that one? 55% um, by 2030. Like, sure. Oh, wow, okay. So your mood is a six. Yeah, <laughs> that's correct. <laughs> I'm right, exactly a six. I'm done. That's all I got. That's it. All right. That means it's time for me to give you a short anti-woke roundup. Oh. Really, there's one big thing and the one funny thing that I found. Um, right. First up, like um, conservatives in the House of um, Morons, that yeah. is our House of Representatives yes. in the United States of Moronica, yeah. um, they like they are they passed three sneaky rules out of committee Ooh. um to change ERISA rules. Okay. Department of Labor ERISA rules. These are like retirement plans, right? Doesn't sound good, yeah. Um so uh the the, the headline here is actually not that um, is more inflammatory than it seems to be. Anti-ESG 401k investing measures advanced by House committee. Okay. Now everything it seems like when anybody does anything anymore, they just frame it as anti-ESG. Anti. It's yeah, anti-something anti something. else, yeah. right? Like it's anti. It's not, it doesn't accomplish a thing. It's just anti-something else, mm -hmm. okay? Yeah. What this really hinges on is one word that we've talked about here, but now is like there, we're really just getting oh, deep no, into one word. Oh, no, don't say it. It's, it's going to be one of two words, yeah. It is pecuniary. Yeah, That's I knew it was going to be that or yeah, materiality. Yeah. I knew it was one yeah. of those. Well, guess what? Materiality's in there, too, so don't worry. <laughs> okay. Um, the definition from the Trump 2020 Department of Labor rules yeah. of a pecuniary thing is a mm -hmm. factor that a fiduciary prudently determines 
is expected to have a oh, material, God. there's the word material, yeah. effect on risk and return of an investment based on appropriate investment horizons consistent with the plan's investment objectives and funding oh policy God. pursuant to blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So pecuniary, when you look it up, is actually just pertaining to money, okay? Mm -hmm. And a fiduciary is just someone who uses someone else's money and has a duty to that person. Sure. Um, and then material, um, uh, well, there's also the word prudent in here. There is something called the prudent man theory. Okay. In, and it does say man. It's not women because I well, think they're all theories they, started with men. They assume that women were never prudent, which no. is the great irony is they're much more men prudent. Did, and women didn't have time to think. They were busy. I know. They were busy. Um, but here's the gray line um, of, of this whole thing, okay? Mm -hmm. These new rules are passed in the House, and, and effectively, they're making you justify anything, any investment that you do that could be not pecuniary, they want you to justify having done. Oh, God. They want less proxy voting. Anything this, sounds like the, that, this sounds like new anti-choice rules, really. This sounds like anti-abortion yes. so stuff. That, you have to justify your existence just to breathe. What we really are at is mm -hmm. justification for everything because yeah. they want if less you're, proxy voting. If you're, if you're a woman or, or black. or It generally yeah. is that. Um, yeah. Anything that isn't immediately financial, they are actually saying that you shouldn't vote on. And again, not to get belabor a point, but what is and isn't financial is a complete mystery to me. And yeah, well, because it's it's whatever you think. In fact, the definition of material financial, it, according to the Supreme Court, is quote a substantial likelihood that the fact would have been viewed by a reasonable investor as having significantly altered the total mix of information made available. Meaning this. If you knew something, it would have changed the decision that you made later on. Okay. Can you think of knowing Hans Vestberg's mood yeah, definitely oh yeah. would have changed my Absolutely. opinion of a lot of things, right? So you can make a case that anything is material. Well, again, like let's let's take the departure of BP CEO Bernard Looney, right? It's, it's not, it wasn't based on any pecuniary evidence no it was just no. it was based on inappropriate relationships with employees yeah so plural, according to yeah. the new zeitgeist that shouldn't happen he shouldn't be fired for that right he shouldn't resign for that right according to really to this world that we're talking about like well that depends whether i can think of a material cost to but that's what i know but that's where i get lost in all this is like everything could be eventually be a material cost to a company i mean yeah, anyway. That's correct. You're correct. You're 100% correct. And But here's where they get um, really like uh, iffy. They actually want you to have less choices in your 401ks. They, they are adding transparency rules around yeah. something that is an alternative investment in your 401k. So you want to like add something that's not typically in your brokerage package. You have to now show like this chart that shows how much money you could make under certain scenarios and say things like making this investment might be bad for your, you know, your, your children's health. Um, and the okay. the last best one here that they yeah. passed, and it was four like little edits to rules that they passed, is um, they wanted to add this phrase mm -hmm. that they want to add effectively that as part of choosing your investments mm -hmm. that you cannot 
um, preclude, you can't say, you can't do anything because of race, gender, or religion, or national origin. They are trying to add this non-discrimination thing in there. But here's the intended effect. Yeah, tell me. The effect is if you want to invest in a fund that focuses on diversity because you think that matters to the outcomes Mm -hmm. of the company. You can't do that? You can't do that anymore because that now is discriminatory because you are making an investment based on race or whatever. Also, if if I... were to buy like a Chinese ETF, Mm -hmm. I think I'm discriminating based on national origin. So now I can't even buy something based on a country. But that's okay because we hate the Chinese, right? Well, who knows? Or I'm confused what we hate and what we don't hate. Um, Basically, what these rules hurt are impact investors, ladies and black people, anybody Mm -hmm. who like thinks that that matters, thinks that like, you know, you know, using your full talent pool matters or leveraging talent that is under leveraged or whatever that you're out. Um, religious investors actually get hurt because you can't discriminate based on religion, which means if you bought a fund that was like a Catholic fund, mm-hmm. doesn't that mean you just discriminated against Jewish funds or I, I suppose, Islamic funds? I, I, right. I don't know anymore. I don't know what like, they're trying uh, to achieve. They're just trying to, they're just, tr- they've just become trolls. No, I mean, I, I, like I, don't, is being, I don't honestly know what the what is the intended outcome here. Nobody knows. Is exactly. being Thank you. Catholic yes. pecuniary? <laughs> Can I get off of this boat? Um, last but not least, it yeah. helps um, humans who plan. It doesn't help. It hurts, actually. Humans who plan on living more than seven years because they frame this all around like the long term, like the objectives yeah. of the portfolio, the, the portfolio, right? Which a long term investment tends to be more than seven years. But something pecuniary seven years out is not necessarily something pecuniary today. And there there's a mismatch here, which means if I had to vote on something today, like a report, yeah. Is that pecuniary for seven years from now? I would have to prove that. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, so the whole yeah. thing's bananas. It, it does help, ironically, mm-hmm. ESG ratings. Why? Because all they do is talk about materiality. That's the okay. only thing they talk about anymore. Right? Mm-hmm. So it helps them, I think, arguably. Um, so, yeah, th- this is just an FYI that um, in this country, they want to make sure that you have no choices with what you do. I was going to say, they, they basically just want to, they just don't want you to make investment decisions based on what you think should be. They don't want you to make investment decisions they don't want you to make. Yeah, they, they don't want it. you to, they don't want you to have control over what you want to do, I suppose. So under these new rules, I'm pretty sure that Hans Vestberg's mood chart would be outlawed, would be banned. You couldn't use it for any reason whatsoever. Um, that's story number one. Story number two here, yeah. And this is just for fun, as a way to end the show on something other than um, like a downer. Although Paul's mm-hmm. going to talk about downer stuff, I think next yeah. is getting angry at stuff we just found out about. Continued. I don't know if okay. you remember, but we had a segment on this in back in I think July. Yeah. Um, where conservatives have started getting angry at everything they just found out about years and years later. Yes. 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 Well, here's the headline. Um, Amidst Taylor Swift rumors, woke Travis Kelsey taking a knee during a 2017 game goes viral. So here's what just happened. Conservatives finding out that, um, and this is on the back of this headline, will Taylor Swift make Travis Kelsey woke? 
So here are your takeaways. <laughs> okay. Travis Kelsey <clears throat> thinks Taylor Swift is hot. And why they is she? Up. Wait, but first of all, why is she woke exactly? She's a billionaire. Uh, like, what, what is woke about her? She's a woman. Is that it? You know, I think it's pretty much that she's got okay. lady parts that we don't like. Yeah. Um, but Travis Kelsey thinks she's hot. They they start maybe dating, maybe just hanging out. Nobody really knows. I don't mm-hmm. really care. But yeah. as soon as they're linked, there's one picture of Taylor Swift, the largest pop star in the world, and Travis Kelsey, a tight end, um, plays for the American Football uh, yeah. National Football League. He's Superstar in the league. Ironically, wasn't this the guy that Bud Light used in ads to prove that they're not woke? Yes, he just—he's he's he's a manly, burly, bearded dude from like the most like one of the most racist teams in the Midwest. Yeah. That. So, not only that, but the ad is him basically going like sitting and going ugh. And that's the whole act. Grunting, right? like, yeah, yeah. yeah, grunting. It's the grunting, grunting is the bi- is the big anti woke statement. Yeah. Now the the right in this country has gone bananas because Megyn Kelly is said so that yeah. Kelsey is obviously super woke oh, because so not only is super he, woke, super woke. Because not only is he with Taylor Swift, who is now super woke, he endorsed Bud Light. All right. By he, being in that. Um, yeah, he didn't. He didn't take any money for that. That was pro yeah. bono. <laughs> <laughs> and he's pushing the Pfizer vaccine because oh, no. he was just and in that a commercial. Too, also pro bono. Yeah. There's he, no uh, way he's taking any money from Anheuser-Busch or Pfizer. And, and they said because he's taking money, now he's taking money for woke causes. Now it's woke to uh, be capitalist. I don't, know, I don't know how I feel now. I don't know. Me- <laughs> Meanwhile, the merchandise sales for Kelsey's jersey after being viewed with Taylor Swift spiked 400%. Well, yeah. Okay. I would think I, I would think that this is a, I mean, this is a gold mine for the NFL, no? I mean, the, the amount of I'm just female saying, fans that they might be acquiring here just because of this connection. If you thought being woke was confusing, you now it's even more confusing because all you got to do is be seen next to Taylor Swift for 40 seconds and all of a sudden Taylor Swift has transformed you into a woke social justice warrior in this country that's all it takes that's all i got oh. let's uh let's uh bring let's in paul, paul yeah. and we're going to wrap this up um, poor poor Paul has been sitting on the couch for half hours Paul, listening just, to just, us just just come in it's 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 your turn now here you go Hello there, Paul Hodgson with S-Gage Statistic of the Week. And as promised, we are going to look at gender pay equity. Now, S-Gage collects gender pay equity data from U.S. filings. So while there is comprehensive disclosure of both adjusted and unadjusted pay equity in the U.K., what we're looking at is U.S. or worldwide disclosure. And it's pretty vanishingly small. So just to define terms a little bit before we get going here, an adjusted gender pay gap is a gender pay gap that is for same employees, same same work rather, whether you're female or male. So it's position equivalent. And an unadjusted gender pay gap discloses what the median or average figure is for all female employees and for all male employees. Now, one of the reasons people are asking for that unadjusted pay gap is that it discloses something about the company's efforts to employ women in senior roles rather than just junior roles. If your pay gap is wide for as an unadjusted calculation, then it shows that there are far more men in better paid and more senior roles than there are women. 
And that's a piece of information that uh, both shareholders and probably employees would like to know. So we're going to look at um, this for the whole Russell 3000, and then we're going to compare the Russell 3000 and the S&P 500. So this is the adjusted gender pay gap analysis for either US or worldwide workforces. And the number of companies that are conducting an analysis has been increasing, but haven't disclosed the results. That's 21% in 2023. That's up from 7.4% in 2021. So no analysis conducted. So no disclosure and no analysis is at 65.9% this year. And it was 88.5% in 2021. So things are slowly getting better, but we're, they're just not telling us about them. In terms of analysis actually disclosed for an adjusted gender pay gap, there is 11.6% of the whole Russell 3000 making that disclosure, which is up considerably from 3.6% in 2021. Now, if we're comparing the S&P 500 with the Russell 3000, then there is more disclosure. So we're, we're looking at, um, for example, analysis conducted but results not disclosed is 28.9% in the S&P 500, whereas it's 21% in the Russell 3000. And adjusted gender pay gap actually disclosed is at 22.9% in the S&P 500 compared to the 11.6% that we saw for the whole Russell 3000. So the only, it's, it's, I mean, it's actually less than half of the S&P 500 doesn't conduct any kind of adjusted pay gap analysis at all. So that's that. So let's have a look at the unadjusted pay gap. So for the whole Russell 3000, it's 97% no disclosure, 1.5% disclosure. And for the S&P 500, it's 95.5% no disclosure and 2.4% disclosure. So it's a, it's a pretty vanishingly small number of companies, despite all the successful shareholder resolutions uh, calling on companies to do this. And, and a few high profile companies agreeing to do this, like Visa, for example, have agreed to make those unadjusted pay gap disclosures. It really has not caught on here at all. And if we're just looking at the S&P 500, there's been a small decrease over time, just to look at the, look at the time sequence here, uh, from 99.2% had no analysis at all in 2021, uh, and it's down to 97% now. So there's some, some analysis conducted, but results not disclosed, 1.3%, and then the 1.5%, as I said, for the whole Russell 3000 actually disclosing that. So now you would think, for example, that since companies have to actually disclose this information in the UK, by law they have to disclose it in the UK, that companies who are disclosing it in the UK would also include those disclosures in their US filings. But if we look at that and just compare the statistics, only 12.1% of US companies make that disclosure that they've already calculated, that they've already put together for the UK only 12.1% of them make that disclosure in the US in 2023. Now it's up from 6.4% in 2021, but it's it's still a very, very small number and actually not that much more than are making the disclosure for all other employees as well. So again, <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, hmm, what are they trying to hide? Just a thought. So this is Paul Hodgson signing off with S-Gage Statistic of the Week. That was an ominous sign-off. Yeah. That was ominous. What are they hiding? I like the chuckles. That's 
That's Paul Hodgson from S Gage, your ESG Data Solutions provider. I am your analyst, Matt Mascardi, that's Damian Rollis. We are Free Float. Show is also brought to you by FreeFloatAnalytics.com. Honestly, I don't know why you haven't signed up. Like, it seems stupid. At this point, it's just stupid not to already be on there. If you like this show, we'll be back on Friday to wrap the week. Until then, good bye.